the chickens are like, yeah! <laughs> it's episode 31. Oh boy. Of the Anchor Me Farm podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Kara. And we're going to talk about Hurricane Lee. Yeah, it wasn't as much of a to-do as they had originally forecasted for our area. Some parts got hit worse, obviously. It basically, it must have pulled to the right on its way up to Nova Scotia. We, the, the idea was it was a Category 1 hurricane, but it was very large. And the idea was that we would catch the edge of it and get a lot of strong winds and weather. They told us that it would be uh, 25 to 35 mile per hour winds with gusts of 57 miles per hour and rain, maybe some thunderstorms. And that's pretty serious. That's not a hurricane, but that's enough to knock over a tree that's willing to go. You know, a tree that's dead or, or yeah. fragile. And we have a lot of trees on our property, and we have a lot of smaller animals that aren't as fast as the goats or sheep. So, And we've basically, even on regular windy days and a regular storm, trees have fallen over. Yeah. So we're concerned about it. So, I mean, that was the the idea that we were going to get all that stuff. So people were posting videos on the internet about their experience or lack thereof, because it didn't hit us that hard in the end, but it did plow into Nova Scotia and do a lot of damage. And it did plow into some of the coastal regions of Maine. Mm -hmm. I guess Scaresport got hit bad. There was a death, unfortunately. And from a tree. From a tree, of course. It hit his car. Yeah. Basically, it's it, the 30 miles of land between us and the coast was enough to diminish the effects, I guess. But I guess we should go through our whole experience because it does give a little bit of advice on things maybe you want to do. In anticipation of it, Kara decided to get all the water jugs that we use in the wintertime. Oh, yeah. So we're on well septic, which means if our power goes off, goes out. We have no water because it's run on the... Off the power. Off, off the, the pump. power. The well pump is off power, so... We do have a generator, but we don't want to use it if we don't have to. And it's not hooked up correctly, so who knows what will actually happen if we do use it. We're afraid <laughs> to use it, really. Uh, but we live on the main drag, um, so this is a place where the infrastructure is pretty good so we knock can knock on wood we've yeah. only lost power for a little bit at a time it hasn't been we're just we're lucky with the part of the grid that we're on because they there must be other really important stuff on our section that they want to re recover quickly so we usually do pretty well i don't know what it is there's like a volunteer fire station but that's kind of in china there's hussies so maybe that's important. I don't know. I don't know. It's probably this entire There's stretch. not a whole lot in the answer. <clears throat> yeah, but, but lucky us. Uh, yes. The power's been very reliable. And anyway, we, we it's it's cold enough that we could leave the refrigerators closed. Yeah. And we've got lots and lots of those five-gallon jugs. And for Kara, she doesn't want she's can't lift the five gallons, so she has a bunch of one-gallons. Yeah, so we use them during winter, but unfortunately we left some water in them over the summer, and it was 
one of my tasks anyway to clean them out before winter. So went ahead, I doused them with vinegar and washed them out and filled them up just in case because the animals need water regardless. So Yeah, it's it's basically enough that we wouldn't have to worry about going to the store or anything. We, we, we just have a large supply of clean water. We have a lot of those jugs. So I read on the internet, I don't know if it's facts or not, but if you were to keep water in a container like that, the expiration date, if you so call it, is about six months because water can start to get rancid and things will start growing depending on temperature because temperatures fluctuate. So you want to make sure you have clean stuff in there and you want to wash it out properly. Yeah, the, the only way to avoid that kind of thing is to have like laboratory denatured water. They've killed anything that could live in the water, anything that counter. You have to have like a laboratory environment. Normally I'd use bleach because I love bleach, but for the animals I don't trust it because what if I miss some and it's still in there. So vinegar is the safest for all animals, especially the birds. So. That's what we clean the pools with too, and it does pretty well. Vinegar and a good bit of scrubbing. And you can get the algae off the sides of the pool. And it also means that when you dump the remainder out onto the ground, you're not dumping anything crazy onto the ground. And the goats like to drink vinegar water, go figure. Yeah. So, so it's a win-win for everyone. <laughs> really, anytime you're cleaning outside, you got to remember whatever you dump on the ground is going to seep into the groundwater. So you want to make sure it's light, harmless, normal stuff. And bleach isn't good for the septic either you have to be careful with that i have to put down uh live yeast not live but active yeast at least once a month to make sure the organisms are still growing otherwise the bleach will just kill everything and apparently you need yeah there there are natural biological processes that happen in the septic tank it's like kind of gross to think about and the, but the bleach kills those and then you would have to, the, the result is you would have to empty out your septic tank sooner. So you put the yeast down there to let it recover from, because she uses bleach to clean dishes and stuff. Yeah, by law. I can use a sanitizer, but I feel like it doesn't, it's not as good and it's harder to get bleaches everywhere. So, and I like the smell. I'm weird. I know. It's yeah. like, but as far as cleaning things outside, when you dump that pool into a puddle, the ducks are going to mess with that water directly, like oh, right yeah. now. So <laughs> that's why you know our weapon of choice is vinegar. Yeah. Um, but Kara gently cleaned out all those jugs, and now we have a large supply of water to get us through. And if we lived in another part of Maine, we would prepare a lot more actively because losing power for them is more of a regular thing if you're in a, a more distant, like rural area than even we are. For us... Because we're on this main road, during rush hour, morning and night, we hear a lot of traffic. There's trucks that go by and stuff. But it then, is like the main road. Of yeah. The things. main road of, <laughs> of the main old main. Of main. <laughs> but it's, it's serious. It's, a, it's like a major thing. So sometimes we're walking around, it's totally quiet like you're out in the country. But then when people have to go to work and come back from work, a lot of traffic. Or if you have a festival or the... Windsor Fair or something like that, yeah. cars all day and you can hear them. And that's kind of the price you pay for 
having good internet and good infrastructure, but still having some acreage. And Kara, that's why Kara's pushing me to open more land out in the back so she can get further away from the road. <laughs> but that's kind and of... for other reasons. But, yeah, it, yeah. But the other side of that is we can rely on our power more than other people can. And that's just our accidental luck because we did not know that when we bought the house. Yeah, to be honest, we didn't do any research on Windsor. We just looked at houses that had acreage. To yeah, be quite honest. <laughs> it was the middle of COVID and I'm still happy with the decision because as we've discussed in our real estate episodes, if we'd waited even a little longer, the interest rates would have gone to the roof. We yeah. were very lucky to get the interest rate that we got. And it's just all about luck and timing. I mean, we were smart about not taking other places, but there's other places we wanted and missed out on. Thanks this, to some realtors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, argument, well, not, not argument, but That's a, another, another episode. day, <laughs> another day. But for, for this here, it's worked out pretty good. So we got our water. We've got the generator if we have to, but we don't want to. We charged all the batteries. Like we have Ryobi batteries for stuff. Then we got the regular rechargeable for like the inside. Double A's and triple A's. And stuff. So. Yeah. We've got like little double A's and triple A's. I want to get more rechargeables. The the way I see rechargeable batteries, like regular batteries, is you use them once and they're tossed, or you use them a bunch of times and they're tossed, and that a bunch of times is better. I am the worst case scenario type person, so I try to prepare for the worst. <laughs> right, and you end up better off because of it. Because what if something really bad does happen? Yeah. For the Ryobi batteries, there's different brands of electric tools uh, depending upon the store you go to. We go to Home Depot, and the brand there is Ryobi or Ryobi or however you want to say it. And they have basically two levels of tools. Your your power drill is going to have like the smaller battery. I forget the voltage on it. Uh, like 18 volt maybe? I think it's 18 volt. Okay. So those are the little batteries that you put in to lanterns and drills and fans. a hedge trimmer what the fans the fans all that kind of normal small stuff and then you've got 40 volt which is what you put into the push lawnmower and the chainsaw and the heavy duty weed whacker that's also a brush cutter all that stuff so we've got about four of the big 40 volt batteries and we've got a whole bunch of the little 18 volt batteries and i had bought uh, an inverter, which is basically you put the battery into a little device and it's got a power outlet on it and some USB ports. So you could actually charge your phone or do other stuff from that. I need to get one for the smaller batteries because we don't really have anything that could help us in a power outage that uses the smaller batteries. So I'm going to get one or two of those. There's like 50 bucks. So I'm going to space it out. The one for the 40 volts is a hundred bucks but those 40 volts last longer. So I brought that and a couple of batteries inside. So we were ready to charge things and, and kind of be okay. And then we went to bed. We, we got the animals, we got the animals all squared away. We got the dogs out for the night. We were lucky that it didn't rain or get too weird. But even when we put the, we, we let the dogs out in the evening, it was starting to pick up. Yeah, it was very windy. Like I could feel it 
I feel all weather, unfortunately, through my hand and through my head. So I could feel something was coming. Wasn't sure exactly what was coming, but it was definitely going to be a difference in the weather atmosphere, if you will. Even I could, like, I could (laughs) stick my head out the window or out the door, and I could tell that it's a storm coming. So Kara could tell. I mean, the news told us it was coming, and then Kara's like, yeah, I'm starting to feel it. And then by the time we're letting the dogs out after, you know, about to go to bed, uh, we're like, oh, yeah, the wind is definitely picking up and so luckily we got the dog we, we were afraid that there would be raining heavy and we, the dogs wouldn't want to go out and do their business before bed basically but it worked out we went- Aberdeen's the only one who doesn't care if it's raining yeah <laughs> so we, we we went to bed everything was cool morning came and definitely windier and more than a normal day uh, it consistently stronger yeah um, it was cloudy it was not sunny it was weird it was like friday was it felt like the calm before the storm so to speak so it was like sunny and kind of nice but you could feel something coming and clouds would roll in and then roll out and it was just a weird day i mean the whole week was weird because it started out so hot the beginning of the week i think i think that was this week right it was like I think 90 so, yeah. degrees or something. <laughs> we, the weather, the temperature's been all over the place. It basically, yeah. when the temperature <laughs> drops, we get a bunch of rain. And then it gets hot again. It's crazy. It's just like, I just want fall, right, <clears throat> to be honest. So we had resolved that, according to all the reports, we're going to get all these gusts. So we resolved to keep the animals in their houses all day. Yeah, we were going to do deliveries in Belfast, but we canceled all those because we couldn't chance going to the coast of Maine. So Right. And she had sent me on Friday, I, I went to our general store, which is insanely close to our house. It's right up the street. It's like 0.6 miles. 0.3. Oh, sorry. It's that close. <laughs> uh, I know that because I'll go there to get screws and, and then I'll forget that I need to get something else and I'll come back to the house from Huzzy's, the general store, and realize, oh, I was supposed to get blah, blah, blah. And those people can see me like two or three times in a half hour if I'm not smart enough to make a list. Every small town has one of those general stores. Some general stores are better than others. I think our general store is pretty top-notch, to be honest. It's amazing. It's got everything. We could do a whole episode just on Huzzy's. We really could. It the people when I first got here I thought it was some little redneck shop because they make these jokes that they sell shotguns and wedding dresses. Yeah. <laughs> and then the first time I went in, there are three floors. The place is huge. Yeah. And yeah, they do they because they sell absolutely everything, you can look through their inventory and find a silly combination <laughs> and advertise on that. So and yeah, they actually do sell shotguns and they also sell wedding dresses. They also sell hunting gear. And if, you, if you're if you in a really cold place and you want warm clothes, wear what the hunters are wearing because they plan to go out in the woods all morning in the cold hours of the morning. Oh, yeah. They're and, out there for hours not moving. So they need right. some warm stuff. Right. They got the good clothes. So, <laughs> so if you want warm stuff, go to the hunting section. And there's like a full Ace Hardware yeah. in the basement. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the so the basement level is all hardware store, the main level is like grocery store, yeah. and then the top level is miscellaneous uh, yeah. 
clothing, that's hunting, wedding dress, whatever. guns, like all all kind of. <laughs> Because when you say hunting, like it's maybe you're thinking fishing. Maybe you're thinking like a rifle or something. It's also the clothes, the gloves, the boots, the, all all the stuff. Oh yeah, and, and they have regular clothes like the. You can get a T-shirt that says Windsor for Windsor, Maine. Yeah, they have regular clothing. That's where I got my rain pants. I mean, it's an awesome store. They really do try to service the needs of. I mean, it's the whoever. only store in Windsor, so. They kind of have to do all of the things. And they also have, um, there's a farm, a few farms nearby that do hay. And they sell, they have a, a barn like across the street from them that they also own. And they sell pine shavings and they sell hay. Uh, yeah, feed all hay. the animal needs. Except for like the the luxury items, like sunflower seeds and right. hay pellets. They're trying to keep the community needs. going, right? If you want more <laughs> fancy than that, you go to the farm store. But it's it's basically every town's going to have a general store of some kind, depending upon the size of the town. They're going to have more or less stuff. I kind of want to drive around Maine and go to their general stores and just look at their. <laughs> we should check them. Just out. look at different general stores. What yeah. do you need here? What What do the people of this place, <laughs> you know, need the most? In that? But I had gone there on Friday to get pine shavings and hay just to stock up a little bit because. I was not going to be able to do my my Saturday errands. I was not going to be able to leave the house on Saturday. And if everyone loses power, they're not going to be open. So you might as well just do this stuff now. So. Right. So we got it done, and we're just prepared for the worst. The morning came, and I went out in it, and it wasn't... Basically, the, the entire day felt like it was about to hit us. Yeah. It, it was windy. The, you could see the trees moving hard at the top. And again, like I said, normal windy days or, or storms with a lot of wind, we've had trees fall over. So we're looking at the trees like, have you grown tall enough that the top half of you is going to snap off? You know, we're, we're worried about it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I go out there and I basically just make sure that the animals have food and water through more bedding down on the floor. Because we agreed that we weren't going to let them out just in case. Right. Just in case it hits big, they're better off in their houses than roaming around. Can you imagine a 35 mile, mile per hour gust? It could toss stuff around and these birds are small. You know, it's it's just too risky. Yeah. And some of our ducks don't move very fast. And yeah. if something fell, they wouldn't, they wouldn't mean, be able to move. It would be scary. So basically, we, we spent the whole day Waiting. wondering, <laughs> and then it just didn't happen. And as the as the threat of the 35-mile-per-hour, 57-mile-per-hour gusts keeps moving later in the day, we kind of eventually decided, all right, this isn't going to happen. And we checked the weather, and I think the, the hurricane either veered right or it just the land was enough to save us. It just didn't turn out to be a big deal. But we still didn't want the animals out because it did flip over. We've got some plastic benches out the there. the ducks like to lay under in case there's predators or... Just to get out of the sun. Or, get, yeah. or I need to make more shelters for the birds to just hang out under. Yeah. But they hang out under these benches and they got flipped over. You know, what if there was a ducky under there? God it, forbid. And I mean, really, if it's enough to flip over that bench, it's enough to flip over a duck. I mean, people say, oh, they'll be fine. But 
Some of our ducks aren't the brightest. I gotta be honest. And they'll be more fine inside their house. Yeah. In their house with water and food. They're safer. It was a calming relief for us, I think, that they were inside and we didn't have to worry. Right. Um, especially our front of house ducks who have some handicap issues. Yeah, that's why they're up there. We, yeah. we put them in front on purpose because they're the ones that have the trouble with their leg or something. And remember, fallen trees, it, it's, it's an issue. There's kind of a spiral you can get into here because when you, when you have a bunch of wooded area on your property, every one of those trees is blocking wind. So the wind is unable to hit you as hard as it wants to because the trees are blocking it. As you clear land, as you chop down trees, every time you do that, that's one less tree that's blocking the wind, right? Now, maybe you're doing that for safety because, um, was it Norway maples? Mm, oh, yeah. They Those grow are really tall but really skinny, so there's no depth and they can't hold themselves up, basically. Yeah, they grow too big <laughs> for themselves and they don't have the strength to hold together and they, they get so tall that a windy day can snap off the top of it. And so you have like half of a maple tree just like falling like a like a spear of death just towards yeah. the ground. Luckily, we don't have any of those here. We had all of them in Bath, Maine, though. Yeah, I think we had like all the... It was all just... It was crazy. <laughs> but we did have some trees that grew really tall. And we did have one that, that was so tall that it... it broke off the top half. I mean, we have some really tall trees and a couple of them are too close to the house, but it gets complicated because they're also holding up the banks that are holding up the... Oh, the ones that are right here by the house? Yeah, there's two. Yeah, the root systems are acting to sustain the retaining wall right behind the house. Like but we have, a, we have enough cleared behind the house that... We're, we're kind of like doing algebra when we look at the trees. Like if that tree fell over, what's the, if that tree is the radius of a circle, where would the, where would the top of the tree be if it fell over directly towards the house? You know, and I think we're mostly okay, well, but there's a few I'm looking at right now that, ah. Except for the one that's actually on the house, which we were going to get rid of or get trimmed this year, but the money is... Yeah, there, there are two. There are two large trees just behind our house, and we've had a tree service guy, a tree expert, look at them. And lucky for us, they're very healthy trees and very strong. Yeah, but so, that means they grow too. Yeah, but you you kind of like it's tree time, right? So we don't have to get it fixed right now, but we definitely need to be thinking about it in the next few years. We're going to have to eliminate those trees. And as Kara said, their root systems are holding the ground together behind the house. So we're going to have the, our, our local landscaping guy bring a bunch of material in. And instead of a retaining wall behind the house, we're going to turn that into a hill and compact it down or whatever he does. But he's going to make it safe so it doesn't. And I, I don't know. I, I would kind of. We'll see what we can do about water management, but we, we need to come up with ways to give water places to go so it doesn't erode so much. But that's one of the projects we got in the near future. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to get a farm, you got to think about, we've talked about whether you're going to have a slope or flat area and what that means. A flat area, you, 
you can move around a lot easier, but you're going to flood a lot more. With us being on a slope, it really sucks to go down there, down the hill, and then have to walk back up all the time. And if you're like me and you tend to forget tools and leave them in the garage and you got to go back, it's double bad. But if you're, but we don't have the same kind of flooding as other people. The flooding happens away from the house. It's true. Except lately, the front yard, I mean, it's not because there's no slope. It's because we've gotten so much freaking rain Yeah. that everything's been a problem. So... To the point where I mean, all the old people are like, it wasn't always like this. Well, so, obviously it wasn't always like this. It's called yeah, global warming. But. Climate change is, <laughs> is real. And we're kind of discovering year by year what that means for this property. But next year it might be different. We might be yeah. in a drought again. We don't know. I mean, it's... Can't. I think we're going we're gonna to plan on having way too much rain. And that means that when you have your sunny days, you take advantage. And you do as much as you can. And there's certain things you can do in the rain. You go ahead. But I can't drive. Oh, Dublin's coughing again. He's asleep. He's napping. He's coughing. He's, and he's asleep. taking up two beds right now. Right. <laughs> he's retired. He can do what he wants. He's 17 years old. He can, he's a 17-year-old he's a pug. He can take two beds if he wants to. Anyway, I can't drive our tractor in wet weather because the way our land is it gets muddy and in the worst case scenario I'd get the tractor stuck and in the not quite as bad scenario I can drive around as much as I want but I tear everything up I leave big ruts in the ground and then when the ground does dry out those ruts become hard as a rock and it's just and you're not going to get the grass to grow back that way through trying to learn how to manage the farm, we had to put bedding down because we got, again, everything kept getting too warm and we got ice instead of snow. Every time after every snowstorm, it would melt and refreeze. We're putting bedding in the pathways to give us a little bit of traction. And then when everything melts away, you've got bedding all over everything. And if you don't clean it up, the grass can't come back. So we've been trying to reclaim the grass as we've discussed before, and it's just carpet bombing everything with grass seed. And then the chickens are like, yeah! yeah. Chickens are all excited. Thank you very much. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> Try to order grass seed to get delivered. and There were some difficulties oh with gosh. delivery. Apparently, Tractor Supply has outsourced their delivery service and... It's the same delivery service that Home Depot uses, and it's just all screwy. Somebody else can get your stuff is the if moral you don't of the story. Pay attention, like, and you have to call them back to send send me more stuff, right? It's easier for these big corporations to just send us more stuff than to go fight with the local third party delivery service. They don't care. Yeah, they don't. Whatever. So anyway. We, we've gotten some grass to grow back. It's trying. It's trying. But then we get huge rainfalls, and it washes the seeds down the hill. And it, or the chickens and ducks eat them. Yeah, the ducks so it's, will eat them as well. It's really hard to get the grass to grow back. So you don't want to lose your grass at all if you can help it. You're going to be fighting that. So the question is, what do I do with the bedding during winter this year? I'll have to force myself to... Use the wheelbarrow during 
snow and ice, well, so that'll we're be gonna, fun. We're going to have a snowblower. And I'll Which we be, still got to order. Yeah, but I'll be digging. And the plan is, um, with the snowblower, I'm going to cut a lot of more, a lot more paths in the snow, and I'm going to cut a path to the compost pile. Yeah. And we're going to definitely still use the bedding for pathways, but we're going to sweep it all up. We're going to get it all in the in, in the <laughs> spring. So we got to be very careful to mark the pathways because last time different storms you make different paths and then you have bedding all over everywhere i want bedding in very specific places so we're going to mark our paths but this is what you do you you go through a winter you figure it out oh my god how do i do this and then the next time you go this is what went wrong this is what we didn't like these are going to be the conditions and that's kind of what we did with this what happens the next time we get a big storm what are we gonna do? I mean, Maine is not known for getting hurricanes because we're so far up. Because we're in Maine. We're in Maine. <laughs> we're not. I mean, there's the ocean, but usually hurricanes start south, like Florida area or Bermuda, wherever. Wherever they start. They're more southern based because it depends on. I'm not a meteorologist or a weather expert. Whoever follows hurricanes, I'm sure they have a technical term. Yeah. But I, th I feel like it has to be warm to create the hurricane. It does. And then the humidity builds it up and it just gets bigger and bigger. And then you come up north. So it's kind of weird that Nova Scotia would even get it because it's cold there. I mean, it's not cold so much right now, but I actually have a cousin who lives in Nova Scotia. I should make sure he's okay. I mean, it's very rare for even Canada to get hurricanes. And this is the kind of the thing with climate change is you, this one event by itself, it, it's like once in a so many years. I mean, right? it's not it's, unheard of. So It's not impossible, but... Yeah, I... So I was looking online the other day. Maine has gotten a couple of hurricanes, and I feel like the last one is maybe, I don't remember exactly, but it was several, several years ago. So it happens like every maybe 20 years or something. Maybe, if, if that. It's a catastrophe. But to be mm -hmm. frank, the, what was it, Hurricane Irene hit New York and Vermont, which... And that was only a category one. Hitting that's Vermont, all it takes. and it took out a lot of Vermont, which is scary. And Vermont's not even near the coast. There's a lake. Yeah, so, so the thing is, <laughs> with climate change, it's not like no hurricane has ever come here before ever. It's not like that. They do happen occasionally. But we're using the term 100-year storm every year. Yeah. Or a thousand-year storm or whatever. Things that almost never happen but very rarely happen. Okay, for one of them, maybe you're due. Maybe it's about time for it to happen again because it happens once every so many years. But when you're using the once in a hundred years argument over and over and over again every single year, it's a problem. So when <laughs> I was a kid, my dad moved us to Miami, Florida for about four years. And then we went back to South Carolina. And... Usually what a hurricane does is it either goes, it, it, it busts over Florida and hits the states in the, north, the Gulf of Mexico, Louisiana, Texas, all that stuff. 
or it just pounds into Florida. Sometimes it, it goes up the coast and, it, you know, Georgia or South Carolina might get some of it. But if you're like when Hurricane Hugo hit Charleston, South Carolina, that was a, oh man, was that a four? I can't remember what it was, but it, it hit Charleston really hard. But I was in Columbia, South Carolina, right? So my, my brother had to make all kinds of preparations. But for me, it went over 100 miles of land before it got to me. So I just saw a really windy day and I saw a big old pine tree get knocked over. Uh, but you don't expect anything like that this far north. In mm-hmm. Maine, I, I never thought I would do hurricane prep ever again in my life. I, you would I, think snowstorms, ice storms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Blizzards, cyn- or what they cyclones, cyclone snow. tornadoes, and, but but it's but, just it's just crazy that nah. we're even talking about this, you know. But yeah. It, and yeah, it can happen once in a while, but it's happening a lot lately. All the once in a while things are happening more and more often, and it's so I'm I'm thinking next year we should plan for a lot more rain than normal. I'm thinking end of days. <laughs> <laughs> We need to make adjustments. That means we got to make use of every opportunity. If it's a sunny day, you got to get out there and do the sunny day stuff. If you've had a couple of days of sunny, you got to do that. Like I, it's, if I have two or three days without rain, I got to get the tractor out there. Uh, I can't waste that time because right, like yesterday we had all that stuff. I couldn't drive a tractor. Today was beautiful, but the ground was still kind of damp and I would have left big ruts. Tomorrow it's going to rain. Yeah. So the, the weather's going to be all over the place. I haven't been able to manage the compost piles because between my day job and the weather, it's hard to find time. So I'm going to have to, we're going to have to figure something out. It's hard. It's yeah. So, so when, when you have some kind of like impending doom thing, I, I guess the the best way to prepare is to make sure you have water and some way to charge your devices so that you can, you know, get news and at least get the uh, cell network if your Wi-Fi is down. Yeah, I mean, water is the most important, especially if you have animals, because no matter what, they'll need water and yeah. food, obviously. Water and food for all the animals comes first, and then you deal with yourself later. <laughs> right, so the humans can, can live after the animals have lived. Yeah. That's how we work here. <laughs> they come first. They were not happy. They were not happy. The ducks all. were especially unhappy, even though the ducks normally don't get fed during the day because the goats would eat their food, right? But everybody's locked up. So I went in there a couple times and made sure that their water was refilled and clean and that their food was refilled. So they ate pretty good. And it wasn't that hot, so they, they didn't I wasn't worried about them being too hot in the house. It was the ventilation was okay. Yeah, I mean they still made an absolute mess. Obviously, they were safe, but they were not happy because they weren't able to swim or roam or do what ducks do. Right, the ducks are the ones that really, really complain. Chickens, <laughs> secondary to that. Chickens are the next one that complains. Yeah. Uh, the goats don't fuss as much, but but if they get an opportunity to pass through you, they. So yeah. here's what happened. I was, I don't even know. You went out to, to say hi to all the animals. I, I had made treats. I had everyone. successfully refilled all their water <laughs> buckets and none of them got out. 
Yeah, well, Lucan, our little baby goat, well, he's no longer a baby, but he's still the littlest. He somehow got past me. I don't even know how. He got past me, and I hear him crying outside. I'm like, oh, no, I got to go get him. And that's when the bigger goats, like Brickens and Cashel, pushed past me to open the door. They're like, screw you, lady. We're coming out. Because so, she'll focus on the one and forget <laughs> about the rest. Well, I didn't forget about the rest, but they are bigger than I am. And I cannot hold Did you have all the, of them back. You, you heard Lucan through a closed door? Yes. So you could have waited for them to... You go get him. He's okay, but you could have given them a second. He's but she's a, like, I gotta get him right now. Because he's crying hysterically. <laughs> so she basically gave the goats exactly the opportunity they needed. They got out. We're like, all right, well, they're out. And at this point, we kind of figured that it, it was like we're, two thirty-three o'clock yeah, at that point. The we're storm seeing was the over. most. Yeah, you know, it's already moved past us. This is the most we're gonna get for the day. It was too late to let the birds out because to collect them at night is a to-do, so... Especially when they're mad. And I didn't even open those doors because they totally would have pushed past me. They don't care. Yeah, I've, and we, this is the, <laughs> the thing about the bubble that uh, we've talked about in previous episodes where just the distance that the birds want to stay away from you, it's like a circle around you as you're walking around. And it's how you move them. When you when you approach them, from you, you move to the right, you push. Just imagine there's a circle around you, a bubble around you. So that's the difference between moving a duck where you want it to go and just chasing a duck where, wherever it wants to go. Well, Kara's bubble is a lot smaller than my bubble because, well, a lot of the birds like her. It's almost non-existent, to be honest. They like her, and they feel safer around her, and so... <laughs> She'll walk up to them and say, go to your house. And they're like, oh, hi. <laughs> they just look at me with their side eye. <laughs> Whereas I'm less social with them on purpose. So if I walk up and say, move, they're like, oh, crap. And then they move, you know. Even our boy mallards are just like, whatever, lady. Right. So it makes it tougher <laughs> because she ends up maneuvering the, the birds she's gotten a lot better at it she's she's got her skill up but, but she, i have to like get down on ground level basically she has to them. run farther from side to side whereas i could take a step or two side to side she has to maneuver a lot more to move them but the problem is i'm downhill standing like downhill from the house to make sure the ducks don't run past the house and I've got enough influence that I can just hold my arms out. Nobody's going to even try to run past me so she can run them all into the house. And if it's not dark enough, even that doesn't work. Yeah, they're like, no, we're good. So we're like, we don't need that noise. We're just going to leave them in the house. We've thrown more bedding down for them, more, more pine shavings down for them. They're going to be okay, right? Instead of being in a five-star hotel... Today, tonight, they're going to be in a regular motel. Once a few goats got past her, we're like, you know what, just open the door. The storm's not getting any worse. They'll, they need to want to run around, fine. And, and there were like so many leaves that had fallen from the wind. They were very happy to eat leaves. Yeah, they actually didn't hit their hay very hard today even. Yeah, so then I was like, well, if the ghosts are out, then maybe we should just let the sheep out because they're not going to blow away. 
And their house is a lot smaller. And they were angry from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Their house is smaller. There's three of them in a, in a eight by eight space. And they prefer, <clears throat> they'd rather eat the grass than the hay. They're not a huge fan of hay. At least our sheep are not. So I don't know what they're going to do during winter. They're, they're going to suck be, it up. They're not going to be happy. And the they're same gonna, way the goats <laughs> suck it up and eat the grass. They're not going to be happy. They're going to let us know. The sheep have become very vocal and telling us that they are unhappy with some things. So Every morning, that be funny. <laughs> I, I give the sheep three bowls of Timothy grass pellets for their treats, for their morning treats, because we give them treats because this is a, this is a five-star hotel. It's a five-star hotel. <laughs> and then as I'm doing my morning chores and cleaning up stuff, and I'm putting out the bowls of treats for the goats, like eight separate Timothy grass pellets, they need more, rubber bowls. More bowls. Not doing more than eight. They're, it's they a treat. They're very upset. They're fine. Morning. But I put them out, and the sheep have started to shout at me when when I'm like getting to that part of my chore pattern. They're like, hey, put them down, put it because they want to eat the Timothy grass from the goats' bowls. <laughs> As I start laying the bowls down. They have a few seconds before the goats come out where they can kind of steal their treats. <laughs> and they've just gotten like, so get to this point where the sheep are all like, ah, ah. It's, like, it's not even your food. It's not even your treats. And they're louder than the goats. <laughs> so I, they actually get to like the first two or three of them and then I let the goats out. And, and But everybody's cool about it, so it works out. Yeah, there's no animosity between the two the goats and the sheep. The two species. Yeah, I'm like the two breeds, but no, they're not the same breed. They're, I don't. Yeah, the goats don't headbutt the sheep or anything like that. They just kind of are on separate channels. I mean, channels. there's an occasional "Who are you? Let me check you out" kind of thing. For the most part, they don't socialize with each other. So. But as far as yesterday, I, I knew Kara was no longer taking the storm seriously when she emptied one of our big, uh, duck, the PVC collapsible <laughs> duck pools that we've been talking about all this time yeah she she asked me the day before should we let the water out and let the rain fill them up because it's gonna rain so much or do you think they'll blow away and i was like well it's us so it's gonna blow away so i mean some of our garbage cans blew out and our mailbox front panel kept falling down so i gotta replace I mean, that whole rig yeah we need a new mailbox but um, yeah, so I was just at the point, well, I don't remember which pool was time for, so I just emptied one and be like, screw it. I mean, it is, there's got rocks in it, so it's not going to blow away. But It's the, depressing how quickly it becomes difficult <laughs> to tell which is the <laughs> it one really that... really is. <laughs> like, which one is two days and which one is just a few hours? Because they muck it up. the bigger pools, and they love them so much, all of them go in it at some point during the day. And it's just crazy. Like the kiddie pools, I those little plastic mm -hmm. ones, I definitely would not have emptied out. And yeah, those would have flown over to the neighbor's place. Yeah, I but mean, the, but the she when when she unscrewed the drain and let the water start seeping out, I knew okay, she's she's done with this. They predicted bad things, and luckily, we did not get those bad things. Some people did, and I feel bad. It was a good but, test, though. It was. We had our stuff 
ready to go and I mean all you can do is prepare for the worst and hope for the best I yeah like our, our shelter logic the, the the tarp building with the metal frame that we talked about last time I was wondering how that's going to deal with the wind and it was pushing the door flap back and exposing a bale of hay that I had near the front and I realized, okay, the wind is going to come from this direction typically. And if I have a bale of hay too close to the door, it's going to get wet because the front's going to be, the, the flap is going to be pushed up a little bit, even though it's completely closed. Because that, that tarp doesn't go all the way to the ground. Yeah. You know, so now I know where to, how far back to put them and where to place them to be protected from the weather. And I might even build a, a windbreak wall in front of that thing just to protect it from the wind. Like We've talked about maybe subdividing the front so the garden can be fenced in so nobody can eat Kara's zucchini uh, and maybe dividing the duck area in front of two places, but it's tricky because there's not that much space. And the dogs still need to roam. So the problem yeah. is, is that Aberdeen is now still... Issue. She can't go out back without supervision or being on a leash. And sadly, we don't have a lot of time. I know why we get puppies, but whatever. It is what it is. So we are in the midst of trying to figure it out. And Aberdeen is really the only dog that we have out of all five that is the problem yeah but i think <laughs> i think you solved it because kara wants me to put aberdeen on a leash on a waist leash like i used to wear i used to when i ran with finia uh, back in the day i would put a, a the kind of leash that goes around your waist and, and then goes to the dog so you got you could be hands-free right so even if you let go of the leash you're still tethered and Kara suggested that I take Aberdeen out back for a few minutes at a time, 10 minutes at a time. And, and it doesn't have to be much, just enough to socialize her and bring a spray bottle because even though she loves water, she equivalates the spray bottle with bad things. So. Right, she does not want to be sprayed. No. It's very effective. So, but I can spray her with the hose and she doesn't care, so whatever. But Because she doesn't care about being wet. <laughs> And she'll jump in the kiddie pools <laughs> yeah. that the ducks use, which if it, if it was clean water, it'd be fine. <laughs> she is the only pug I've ever heard of that ever has done this. I don't know. She's it's, weird. There's some combination because she's like, what, 10, 15% beagle? She does have beagle in it, beagle in her, but she is, if you look at her, most people think she is 100% pug. So. Yeah. Her nose is just a little bit further out so she can breathe a little better. Yeah. She snores but, but and yeah. she has the wrinkles and the curly tail, which he was afraid of. She wouldn't have the curly tail, but she totally has the curly yeah. tail. But so. the, the end of the day, I think, I think we're in the position we're in often where we know exactly what the solution is, but we don't have the time to do it. Yeah. So I've got to make the time to take Aberdeen out and walk her around the back amongst the animals where I've got her on a leash and I can hold on to her. And the sad part is that the animals know her and are afraid of her. The ducks and the chickens, the chickens especially, they know 
who she is, what they, what she looks and like. And they all avoid her, and <laughs> except for Moon. Moon hates her, so I cannot take her myself. Otherwise, I would do it. She is too much for me. She's too chaotic, and it gives me anxiety. And then if she's on me, Moon thinks it's the perfect opportunity because what am I going to do? Because he can... He's bigger than me, basically. Yeah, Moon Moon decides he wants to headbutt Aberdeen. <laughs> and he totally can, yeah. because I can't control. Now, to be fair to Moon, his first encounter with Aberdeen, she was a complete jerk and scaring everybody around. I mean, he was justified. Totally. Yeah. He's justified in wanting to headbutt her. We just can't let him do it. Which so, is unusual for a Moon, because he's one of our sweetest goats. It Yeah, it's like we couldn't believe it. We're like... Did did Moon just do that? I mean, all of our goats are sweet, to be honest. They'll but, headbutt each other I mean, like as a polite hello, but it's not the same. Yeah. He specifically wants to destroy her. He, <laughs> is it that bad? I think it is. <laughs> I think, and uh, he occasionally thinks like Scotland has been back there a couple times without Aberdeen, and there's been the first couple times Moon thought. Scotland was another Aberdeen, but they've they've come to realize that he's not her and is his own little man and is not going to harm them or annoy them. So for the most part, they leave Scotland alone. Yeah, Aberdeen almost ruined it for everybody. Yeah, basically. But 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 that's the thing. We know what to do. I need to take the time to walk her around and familiarize her because in the front. We, she no longer chases the ducks as much. I mean, once in a while. Once in a while, Ula, she chases. Ula's one of the smaller ones. She's our Welshie up there, which... And by the way, this but, is playful. This is not... She's not trying to harm any no. of these animals. But um, you probably have noticed that you don't hear a little squeak, 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 because Logan is currently outside in the back, which makes me super sad but she's getting at that age where she's hanging out outside. She's still lonely, but we can't put her out front because Aberdeen will go after her. Right. She's still she's unfamiliar. Little. She's little. She's little and an unfamiliar smell. But if Aberdeen actually gets to her, she's not going to hurt her. It's just she wants to play. And yeah. so and we're concerned with scary. we're concerned with accidents. And we're concerned with the duck uh, trying so desperately to run away from the giant monster that the duck harms itself. Yeah, because... Uh, trips Logan, over something, hurts Logan a leg. is still small. She's not, like, tiny, tiny like she used to be. But she doesn't have all her feathers yet, so she'll come inside tonight. And yeah. she'll be inside for the rain. And that blows me away, because Logan <laughs> is still enough of a duckling that she still respects Mama. And she follows me around. Yeah, ducks will follow Mama around, and then they'll start getting more independent. And the, the Mama duck will go, "Hey, come here!" And then, and then eventually, influence is gone. The duck's independent. So, we're hoping that the effect of Kara being the mommy is going to last long enough for her to get feathers. But Kara has been able to successfully retrieve Logan the past couple days. Yeah. Well, she's only out there. Friday. She was out there Friday with me hanging out. She likes, she loves humans and she was very intrigued by the goats. She has not made friends with the other ducks, 
But today she was hanging out with our Pekins who are more docile, if you will, I guess. Yeah, they're more chill. Because they're meat birds. They're not. Yeah. They're less wild than the other And they don't move very much, so they're laying down half the time. So she's cool with that. I mean, she hasn't made friends, but there is Ren, who was only two weeks older than her, who was out there with her. And they still... Ren still has the squeak squeaks as a duckling when... But Ren was raised completely outside. Yeah. Uh, in but, a warmer part of summer. But she... Her mamas have given up on her. Like, Nas and Delvin are no longer... Like, she'll squeak for them, and they're nowhere to be found. So, she was hanging out alone, but with Logan, so to speak. But they weren't, like, together together. But that's so. how these bonds start to form. It just takes time. So, I hope they can eventually become... Friends, so we'll see. I don't she know. will. They'll, they'll, she'll end up with a click. She just needs to spend the time out there. But she can't regulate her temperature yet. She can't resist the cold yet. It's and getting she's into my the, baby. It's getting into the <laughs> 50s. So Kara's going to try her best to collect her tonight. I'm going to go get her right after we're done with this. Before it gets cold, inside. yeah. And basically... For whatever your property is, it's going to be a moving target because I think the, the I think climate change is going to mess with things. You, you you need to prepare for storms. You need to prepare yeah. prepare for power loss. It you doesn't need, matter what part of the state or country, even if it's a different country. You still got to deal with weather and uh, rain, wet. What, what's the word? Water. Water. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Water is your biggest enemy. I mean, right. it and, destroys and all things and makes everything hard. <laughs> your list of challenges might be different if you're in a different part of the world or country and you have a different climate than we do. But uh, if you're... But you're, you're going to have things to worry about. Like if you're in a drought, you got to worry about water. you got to figure out how you get water. And, right. But if you're in a, our part of the world, or I don't, I don't know how or it is. Or if you're in a mountain Europe, or if you're whatever. Just for it's the... just like, so we, not to sidetrack, but we're going to sidetrack. So we watch Homestead Rescue sometimes. And there are these people who pick these locations and they don't have water. Why? Why? Water is the most important. Some of them are inherited from their parents. Uh, some of them... There's a story there why somebody would say... Well, it may be, but then you try to sell it and be like, no. Out in the desert, like in... I mean... It's most surprising to us in places <laughs> in the east where there's a lot of life. Uh, but in the desert, there are entire towns where you have to haul water and water comes from other places. And... There and are really, people who have to bring in water monthly or weekly, whatever the case may be, if you don't have enough storage for it. Yeah. And it costs like $5,000 a month or something. It's ridiculous. There's an entire, I don't want to get into the details, oh but there, there's an entire podcast series <laughs> that could be done just on water, just on how corporations and even other countries are buying up land and basically pulling up all the water out of the ground for 
their stuff and then everybody else in the area can't get water. It, it's there, there's places where the lakes are losing their, their water levels going down year after year. And you have to negotiate with other states for how are we all going to manage this water that's going down. And then one state says, well, we've got ours and you can figure it out. And so it's, it's really a problem. It's, it's becoming, it's, it's gotten bad enough that, it's water's going to, I think it already is a commodity that people are betting on, but well, the, the I mean, casino that is the stock market is going to be doing water futures very soon. If it's not already, you go, I don't know if it was a TikTok I saw or an Instagram blog thing, but they're like, well, water costs a dollar at the dollar store. It costs like three dollars at some I don't I forget the grocery store or two dollars at a grocery store and then like six no it was like three dollars at a movie theater six dollars at a an airplane like an air flight so I mean and water should be free it's the same stuff it's the same bottle why are they why is there a different price for each location it's and the answer crazy. is because they can get away with it because they know that you want it and it and they think water they can, should be free it should <laughs> but it's getting climate change is messing with all the systems and rich people are always going to fill their swimming pools Rich people don't care about the aquifer that everyone uses. They don't care. Uh, you you can get, like Nestle can get a license from a small town. It, it's very cheap to purchase a local politician and get a $200 license to pull from the aquifer. So there's, there's places in the United States where Nestle just has one little place where they just pull thousands of gallons out of the ground just all the time. I mean, I'm sure and we've all watched the Aaron Brockovich movie. I mean, I actually never saw that. Are you serious? I'm sorry, oh I never gosh. saw it. We should watch. That. And I've never seen The Godfather, and that makes uh, her see. Now she's so angry about The Godfather, she's not mad at me about Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> but I'm just too but much. yeah, basically Nestle itself, <laughs> for the bottled water industry, they they show up, they just pump water out of your aquifer. <laughs> And if everybody's well runs dry, that doesn't matter because Nestle's going to sell those bottles of water in other parts of the country. So that's <laughs> water's becoming something people are going to fight over. Uh, now we're in Maine; we got oodles and oodles of water. You would think, but we it's also gonna, ran out of water. <laughs> yeah, but that was different. That's because our <laughs> pump was not far well, enough down. It's also because whatever. But no, our pump was not far enough down. That's all. It was an issue last year, is all I'm saying. Well, all right. Yeah, I know what you're talking <laughs> about. When, other, when people pull from the aquifer to do, you get more people filling stock tanks and stuff. It, it, yeah. But we're in Maine. We have less trouble with that kind of thing because Maine has water all over the place. But other places have less water. So it's going to be an issue. You, if you're going to buy a farm, if you're, if you're going to buy a property to be a farm... <laughs> You got to think about all this. You got to think about the water. You got to think about the infrastructure. How often are you going to be, have power outages? And if if it's going to be more often than not, then you got to have systems in place for that. Right. For for our part, I think we did pretty well, and we 
established a, a few emergency systems that we could use for a more serious event. I think we do okay. I think so. I think we're prepared for the next snowstorm, which I'm sure will hit this year. Yeah. Um, but we know what to do, and if there's ever another hurricane, we'll uh, we'll know what to do. <laughs> yeah, when the next like thousand year event happens <laughs> next year, next year we'll know what to do. Because we still gotta insulate the chicken house because we know there's gonna be. A deep freeze. So. Yep. Definitely yeah. going to be another like weird uh, weird situation. Although Ardra's crown is is growing back. I didn't know they grow back, but they are okay. growing back. So, but we don't want more frostbite on our chickens. It's not it's not okay. So it could again, be more serious. So again, if you're going to do this, you're going to be making adjustments every single year. Yeah. You're going to learn stuff about your particular area. Some of it's going to be common to all farmers. A lot of it's going to be just your farm. So yeah, you gotta you gotta think on your feet. Every farmer around in Maine is probably true everywhere, but I feel like everybody here is MacGyver. They all figure stuff out. I mean, you can. I am not handy at all. He is somewhat handy. He's learning as he goes, but sometimes it's not pretty. But you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, your your first projects, even if they work well, your first projects are gonna be ugly, ugly, yeah. ugly. And then you can learn how to make them pretty later. The important thing is that they work. Yeah. And nobody, no, no other farmer is gonna judge you if it's if it works perfectly, but it's kind of ugly. Nobody's gonna judge you. And paint fixes everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. So I guess that wraps it up. Yeah, know. I think we're good. All right, so have a good whatever you're doing. Bye.